I know you're gonna dig this. Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And today I have a special co-host. I have uh, Kiki here with me. Uh, Kiki, welcome to Free Aslan. Thank you very much for co-hosting with me. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, good. So um, Kiki's gonna help me out here today, and we're gonna, um, you know, hear some music. We're also going to. Um, learn a little bit about um, some history. Uh, Kiki is going to share with us um, some of his work um, he did in school uh, concerning the um, time during the Chicano movement of the um, East L.A. walkouts and um, some other stuff. And also I'll be sharing some more um, political news um, updates as well, um, some history and uh, it's going to be a good show. We're going to later have, um, uh, we should have some music, um, some maybe um, one of our um, revolutionary rappers should be dropping in on us. And um, we'll be hearing some of that as well. But first of all, I wanted to, um, of course, um, mention uh, this Thursday, uh, uh, Thanksgiving. You know, the thanks taking, there's going to be a thanks taking ceremony uh, in San Jose um, at the Mexican Heritage Plaza. And that is um, going to be, um, it, it's an event uh, put on by the Calpuli Tonaleque. And it's going to be very, very beautiful uh, to see um, the danzantes and the people um um you know doing this ceremony it's a very sacred ceremony because um it addresses uh outright um you know colonization and you know um and some people you know who um don't know any better they they see it as a celebration of festivity but um this is actually a time of remembrance for those who lost their lives um those whose land um has been stolen um uh, land theft genocide um this is a, a time that the colonizers established their foothold here on this continent on this um well uh, on this land um within these false u.s borders so this is a very um sacred time of of resistance um and so we like to call it thanks taking uh you know not thanksgiving because they didn't give us nothing but hell you know what what did they give us they gave us oppression so um it's actually thanks taking um because that's what they did they came and took they came and took the land stole the land and um 
as I like to talk about, um, you know, a lot of people um, throw the word around of decolonization. It's it's a very popular word, especially amongst those who are, um, you know, tapping into um, indigenous, um, you know, um, being, you know, the essence of being an indigenous person. Um, and decolonization, it's, it's good to popularize words, but let's dig into the word itself, you know, what... Why is there deco? Why is there a need to decolonize? Well, if there's a need to decolonize, then that means there is a colonization taking taking place, and um, so this is the part that a lot of people don't address. They, you know, a lot of people love to say decolonization um, without, and you know, that scratches the surface. But let's dig deeper. I love to dig deeper. You know, um, I'm a digger. I like to dig. Let's dig deeper. So uh, when you dig deeper, if there's a decolonization, that means there has to be a colonization going on in the first place. If there is a colonization taking place, there has to be a colonizer. And if there's a colonizer, you know, what does that mean? Well, colonization is when um, one people go uh, into another people's area and um, control them politically, economically, and um, socially, right? Social, political, and economic control, domination, and so an exploitation. So uh, this is what is occurring. So next time you hear somebody mouthing the word decolonization or wearing a shirt that says decolonization, have that conversation with them and ask them, um, so I love that shirt decolonization, but um, who is the colonizer? Ask them that question and see what they say because most people don't know what to say. I, I don't know. Well, let me, so let me answer that question for you all. Uh, that question is many of the listeners of Free Aslan know, you know, because many of our listeners are um, people who do know who the colonizer is. Then the colonizer is America, you know, America, spelled with KKK, you know, America. So America is the colonizer, the oppressor nation that has came onto this land that they now call uh, the U.S., uh, the United, what I like to call, as others like to call, the United Snakes. And they have come here, they have stolen this land, they have um, control of the uh, um, social, political, and economic resources um, of the people of this land. And um, and so they control the courts, they control the military, the governments, they control everything, the whole state apparatus within these false U.S. borders. And um, so that is the colonizer. You know, this is the colonizer. America is the colonizer. So next time you see somebody wearing this trendy decolonized hat, uh, decolonized T-shirt, um, ask the person, hey, I love your shirt. Um, decolonization. So who's the colonizer? And just watch their face drop to the floor. Because, you know, m the truth is many people um, are not digging that deep um, and don't know or don't want to know. Or they may know and they don't want to talk about it. So that's a conversation that we need to promote. We need to not only come to know it very well, but we need to start aggressively promoting it um, and, and educating and raising consciousness 
to those who, you know, who are beginning to see uh, this thing called decolonization because there is a colonizer and, um, you know, America is the colonizer. So we got to know this. We got to teach it. We got to understand it and promote it with everything we have. Um, and then once uh, we start building momentum like that, that's when we're really going to see um, decolonization begin to develop within these false U.S. borders. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, you know, and, you know, um, so it's very no matter where you live, there's going to be sunrise ceremonies everywhere. Um, but the sunrise ceremonies are very important on Thanksgiving because it's also uh, a time where people are, um, you know, staying rooted into what they believe and resistance to the oppressor. So it's very important that we, no matter where you are, you can be um, from California to New York. Um, if there's a sunrise ceremony, make sure you participate in it. Make sure you get involved because... Um, this is resistance, you know, it's a small step toward resistance is remembering the genocide and the um, trauma that um, the colonized peoples that we have endured, that we struggle against and that we are overcoming. So uh, make sure and support your local sunrise ceremony. Alcatraz is going to have a, a good one as well. Uh, make sure you go out and um, participate and um, feel the love and resistance that is sweeping these occupied territories. And with that being said, um, you know, um, I want to start off this interview, as I said earlier, I have the special guest. So, Kiki, I'm, you know, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming. And, and, and you know, um, and, um, and I look forward to having you here. Um, you know, I think you're the youngest... Um, you know, co-host I've had. So thank you very much, Kiki. I appreciate that for joining me. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, I know I heard that you um, wrote something. You wrote something um, at school. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What what exactly was it about that you wrote? Yeah, so um, I had a project for my ELA class and... <laughs> I could cho could have chose like other topics from the civil rights movement, and the main one I really wanted to choose was the East LA Chicano walkouts. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah, that that's that sounds good. And and so, um, when you researched this, and um, what did you learn about the walkouts? What were they about? Well, I learned it was about the. Chicano youth and the students of high schools all over Los Angeles and they walked out and protested for equal rights in high schools and schools because they were getting treated unhumanely. Mm. Unhumanely. Um, yeah, and that's something that still hasn't gone away and you're, you're right, it, it, they were treated inhumanely and they still are i mean so many people i know um there's schools in the bay area where you know you got two or three students sharing a book they don't have pencils the teachers have to buy their own paper and that's inhumanely when um you know because education is a human right for all peoples it shouldn't be a privilege unfortunately uh in this capitalist society it is a privilege you know and um 
and that's why um you know the oppressed you know poor people suffer uh educationally um the most because um these are neighborhoods that the state don't care about and so yeah they they were treated inhumanely then uh and and there's still a lot of inhumane treatment going on with our schools as well today and so when you were researching this um you know um why do you what, what do you what do you think let me ask you if they hadn't done the walkouts like what do you think would have happened how would their um circumstances been like what kind of um how do you think they would have um existed if they didn't do the walkouts in the first place well uh, first i think that like for like chicano schools with more chicano children than white students Mm-hmm. There would be more racism and discrimination in the schools, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have like computers, like or like mm-hmm. calculators, yes. because they would think that like we would be too privileged to have those. Absolutely, and and there's even some school, and that's a great answer. I mean, you're like a a, a political analysis here, a political uh, uh, analyst here. I mean, that was uh, very spot on. Uh, analysis of the situation and there are schools today that don't have computers and it's horrible so but it would be it would be even more rampant it would be even um more popular for none of the schools that house oppressed uh youth to have computers so that's an excellent question man and um so yeah that that's something that they they had to do and um and how did you feel um, you know, reading and researching about this, about the Chicano youth doing it, the Chicano nation um, in East LA um, doing it, and, and and the school walkouts now, people are doing walkouts for all kinds of stuff, you know, and so it that 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 continues to, it's a it's a, um, an effort, a struggle that continues to exist. The school walkout, that's a, a you know a tactic that uh, people continue to use, but. How did that make you feel reading about, you know, thousands of uh, Chicano youth um, walking out of their schools? Like, did that make, how did it make you feel reading about, you know, your people, the Chicano nation, doing that, standing up together and walking out? Um, how did it make you feel? First of all, it, would, it made me feel appreciative of them and proud because it was our race and they did a lot for us to be where we are right now with desegregated schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 that was a big blow. It, it was such a big blow that um, you know we can look in the um, you know I know people have done um, filed Freedom of Information Act and um, they've gotten documents that were confidential uh, from the state and um, those documents state that. Um, you know um uh, that the state did send uh to their intelligence agencies um you know um 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 memos saying that there is a a serious threat of um national organizations um that are um you know working with the youth and um and so they they were very it shook them you know it shook them to their core to know that um youth are being mobilized and that's the most thing that they fear the most is you know our youth are that's 
the backbone. That's our future right there. And so once our youth are mobilized, that's when, um, you know, um, the state becomes scared of that. And, and I, I remember reading about that as well and feeling very good and, and honored that, you know, people before me um, chose to stand up against the state and to struggle for justice, struggle for what's right and um and sacrifice because ultimately they sacrificed they didn't know what was going to occur they didn't know if they were going to be beaten they didn't know if they were going to be put in jail they didn't know if you know they were going to have violence um inflicted on them by the by the state by the pigs they had no idea all they knew is that this is something that's right this is something that we need and um, it's the state that's depriving us, that's oppressing us. Let's come together and let's do this. Let's send them a message. And and so they sacrificed. They didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And any time you come across any people who sacrifice not knowing the outcome, not knowing and, you know, put themselves on the line like that, that's something that you have to admire. You have to you, you know you you love it's 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 just pure love this these people are doing it from the love from 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 their heart and they're not getting nothing out of it they're not being paid they're not you know um getting uh you know a star on hollywood boulevard they're not getting nothing you know they're not getting a trophy they're just doing it um for the love of their people and that's something that you know is priceless that's something you cannot buy and that's something that everybody respects so yeah i agree with you um you know that was a beautiful moment in history um uh, within the chicano nation and 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 i love it as well and and so let me ask you this when you because that i read um some of your report um on the walkouts and but let me ask you when you presented them to your class um, what did your teacher say, or you know, what did your teacher say about it? Um, well, I think she was just like in shock that <laughs> we found all this information, like yeah. across like the whole webs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and how about your fellow students? How did they did they like it, or how did they what what was their response to? to I your think they were they liked it, and they were mostly interested and wanted to learn more about it. Hmm beautiful and that that's a beautiful thing as well so you kind of um planted the seed you know without knowing um you were kind of like a little commissar you know you were like a political instructor you know you were uh you know lacing your um fellow students up on um education on revolutionary history so that is a beautiful thing without even knowing it you were a teacher you know, and that is something that, you know, and, and you're so young and yet you were here um, teaching your fellow students to the point where they wanted to take it upon themselves to dig deeper and research and learn themselves. So you planted the seed for them. That's a beautiful thing. Geeky. But we're going to take a short break right now. And um, I hear you had a dedication. You wanted to dedicate a certain song. Um, why don't you um, let us know what song is that? Yeah, I wanted to dedicate a song to my mom for all she's done for me, and it's Smokey Robinson, and it's I've Been Good to You. Oh, I've Been Good to You. And we'll be back in, in a short minute. We're going to check out this song 
Kiki's dedicating. Look what you've done. KEXU 96.1 FM, listening to Poll People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And that was a song, um, Smokey Robinson's I've Been Good to You. Uh, Kiki, uh, my co-host today, dedicated it to his mother, and that's a very beautiful song. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to um, talk a little bit. You know, I've been having these conversations with people um different um friends and and um and colleagues and we've been discussing um different movements throughout history you know there's been a lot of struggle a lot of revolutionary struggle and um and there's been certain struggles that have been um very um you know um that the chicano nation has been very interested in and so i wanted to um you know, take a look at one such struggle. Um, and um, this is, you know, a discussion I've been having with a, a, a friend. Um, and um, we've been discussing, um, you know, um, the history of Maoism and how it can affect um, and 
um, help the Chicano Nation, help Aslan. And, you know, we've been talking about this, and there's been a, a whole history of different struggles and developments within Maoism. And Maoism is the thought of Chairman Mao, uh, Mao Zedong, who was the chairman um, of revolutionary China. Um, and so this is something that um, has been um, discussed in, in recent times. And so I wanted to read off a timeline of um, different developments within the Maoist movement um, uh, and around the world, you know, and this is something that, you know, a lot of people don't know about. So I wanted to um, um, start off in 1938. Chen Boda and others began pushing the study of Mao's writings in 1938. That's when, um, you know, people began to really study Mao's writings. Uh, 1945, the Seventh Congress agreed that the CPC, uh, Chinese Communist, the Communist Party of China, was guided by Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong thought. 1948, Wu Yusang used Maoism in a draft speech instead of Mao Zedong thought. Mao said, um, ridiculous. 1955, Mao again opposed Maoism, adoption among intellectual conference. 1956, Khrushchev denounces Stalin, Mao's critique of the bourgeoisie in China, in CPSU, the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, and theory of productive forces begins addressing questions that Lenin never faced. Um, 1966, Lin Biao says Mao has elevated Marxism-Leninism to a new stage. In 1966, Gonzalo, that's uh, Chairman Gonzalo from Peru, Gonzalo's red faction within the Peruvian Communist Party, Communist Party of Peru, took up Marxism-Leninism, Mao Zedong thought. 1969, Ninth Party Congress in China, difference between Mao Zedong thought and Maoism of formality, as Deng and Liu Xiaoqi resisted Maoism as a new stage. The Chinese Communist Party began applying Mao Zedong thought to global situations outside China. 1969, uh, the Peruvian Communist Party, PCP, took up Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong thought with reconstitution under leadership of Gonzalo. 1976, PCP denounced coup in China and declared, quote, to be a Marxist is to adhere to Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong thought, unquote, later indicating that they were waiting for Maoists in China to declare Maoism before this. 1979, PCP, quote, uphold, defend, and apply Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong thought, unquote. 1980, PCP launched People's War with slogan, uphold, defend, and apply Marxism, Leninism, Maoism, principally Maoism, unquote. 1980, RCP USA gets 13 Communist Party to sign statement upholding Marxism-Leninism. 
Mim predecessor Radicads is working and struggling with RCP USA over questions of Maoism. 1981, PCP states, quote, towards Maoism, unquote. 1982, PCP took Maoism as integral part of MLM. 1983, the RIM founded as Maoist group in response to RCP USA, failure to take up or uphold Maoism. In 1983, RCP went to PCP with Marxist-Leninist statement from 1980 and PCP rejected it because they upheld Maoism. 1984, RIM f from the RCP founded among groups. RCP brought together in 1980, this time upholding Marxism-Leninism Mao Zedong thought. 1984, RIM from the organization MIM became MIM. Uh, 1986, PCP responds to RIM founding statement on MLM, Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong thought. 1987, MIM made the question of the non-revolutionary bourgeoisified white working class a dividing line question in practice for U.S.-based Maoists and began distributing Sakai and Edwards. And um, 1988, JMP claims Maoism begins to exist here. 1990, third cardinal principle appears in MIM notes. 1992, Gonzalo is captured in Peru. 1993, RIM releases statement upholding Marxism, Leninism, Maoism. 1984, statement as being incomplete recognizes bourgeoisie within party. 1996, RCP USA first public response to MIM via CORIM. 1997, MIM response to RCP USA continue to condemn their recognition of capitulation as a, quote, two-line struggle, unquote putting campaign to save Gonzalo over people's war, criticized the international in general, and recognized that Colrim is RCP USA. 2002, MIM declared third cardinal would be implied to third world comrades as well. Uh, 2006, cell of original MIM comrades disbands, website and MIM notes seize. 2007, MIM Prisons forms as an organization. 2020, MIM starts new publication. So that's a, a, a timeline of Maoism um, in other parts of the world and within these false U.S. borders. And, you know, when we're looking at um, different... Um, political line or um, ideology, you know, any movement, any group, any organization um, has to, um, you know, they have to come to um, some form of ideology. They have to have 
um, you know, points of unity um, uh, on what they agree on politically and what is going to move the movement, the organization um, forward. What is going to be the vehicle? And, you know, and so there's a lot of different ideologies. There's, um, you know, some that, you know, focus on, you know, what they call the working class in the U.S. and the, these factories and these unions. You know, people are making, you know, I don't know, $80, $100 an hour, whatever. People are making so much money in these unions that, you know, um, it's pretty logical to come to the conclusion that um, should I approach somebody in the union making $80 an hour and tell them, hey, um, we're, you know, the revolution is coming. Let's do this. Um, give up that $80 an hour job, join the revolution so that, um, you know, you're not getting $80 an hour, uh, anymore, you know, and, um, <laughs> most people are going to look at me like, hell no, get the hell away from me. So, you know, it's hard to, because the U S, um, in so many ways buys off the people, buys off its um, workers, uh, its quote-unquote workers. It's very difficult. Another thing is when we talk about working class within the U.S., within these false U.S. borders, um, you know, because the U.S. is populated um, mostly, uh, it is mostly white populated, it, it, it's mostly a white working class. Um, and when we look at the history of... Um, of unions, even, you know, some of the more progressive unions, we see that historically, um, you know, the Chicano Nation and Black Nation have been um, squeezed out of um, the unions. And, you know, only recently has, um, you know, um, Chicano Nation and the Black Nation um, and others been allowed to uh, join its ranks. And, and you know, um, so we got to look at that. We have to also look at um, if the majority of the U.S. Um, work, so-called working class is, you know, if the majority of the population of the U.S. is mostly white, um, then the majority of the working class is white. And if that's the case, then um, it's asking the white working class, which is the majority of the workforce in the U.S., uh, we're at, you know, it's like asking the white working class to give up their economic privilege in order to support the revolution or support the development of the Chicano nation, the black nation. Um, and, and chances are, um, those who like to gamble, um, would probably win betting that, um, they want no part of that. You know, they want to hold on to their, um, you know, their working class privilege of, um, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, and to ask them to give that up to support, you know, ask the white working class, give up your economic privilege, give up all of the stuff you have, give up your, you know, $100 an hour job, whatever you're doing, give that up in order to support um, Chicano revolution, in order to support black revolution. Um, they're going to laugh us out of the room. So uh, that's my point. My point is, um, when you talk about the working class, let's dig deeper. As I said earlier, I, I like to dig. So I like digging deep. 
So let's dig deep and um, let's understand what exactly we're talking about. Uh, working class. Who is the working class in the United Snakes? So this is the. Um, these are the kinds of. Um, critical thinking that we have to apply when we're looking at um, things like revolution, things like um, ideology. What ideology is going to propel us forward? What ideology is going to um, move our nation uh, forward? You know, the Chicano nation, um, in my opinion, is going to be moved forward through Maoism because, um, you know, um, this is... um, uh, a strategy that has, you know, helped um, third world peoples um, everywhere around the world. Uh, oppressed nations, people have applied it from Peru uh, to China, you know, everywhere. And um, and it has um, helped the people obtain national liberation. So this is something that, you know, um, when you're talking about struggle, you have to um, you know, think of um, what is the population that uh, that you wish to target. Um, you know, and um, as I said, um, you know, factory worker and union. Um, you know, this stuff is, you know, today. Um, you know, it's 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 in my opinion, um, that is not a revolutionary vehicle. Uh, today in the U.S. and sadly to say it is not and and some would argue different but um, you know you know um, you know we have a hundred years of different parties and organizations targeting these um, factory workers and these union workers and there has been no development um, other than higher paychecks so you know and that's the thing is is it more higher paychecks that people are struggling for some are you know some are you know they just they're happy with that and they're content and they don't care um what goes on um throughout society as long as they get a higher paycheck so you you gotta you know we gotta look at what's our you know what are we um aiming for and and you know and as i've said many times before um you know, um, we aim for national liberation. We're not aiming for bigger paychecks. So that's something that, you know, um, I want to make clear. But um, so, yeah, so this is, um, that was just a short um, brief history on um, different um, developments going on um, throughout the throughout the world um, and also within these false U.S. borders Um that's something that we've been um, grappling with, and um, you know, hopefully, people have been coming to understand um, these developments and how they affect us. You know, how do they affect Aslan? How do they affect other oppressed nations, people? Um, that's something that we need to um, constantly um, evaluate and and keep our finger on the pulse of these developments. But yeah, so. Um, also, and I want to touch on, of course, um, you know, I can't let this show go by without addressing uh, Julian Castro. And for those who don't, you know, Julian Castro is this, um, you know, um, this, uh, you know, Democrat, um, you know, and he's trying to um, cater to the Chicano nation um, and his political aspirations within the empire. 
and you know, um, and he has some family ties to the community, um, but you know, um, this is an aspiring imperialist, and this is somebody that um, you know the Chicano Nation does not support, will not support. And, um, you know, I, I've heard he's attempting to, you know, um, speak at different um, Chicano events. And, you know, there's there's we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the Chicano Moratorium um, next year uh, in August. And so, um, you know, I can see him attempting to this is going to be um, a very significant event. Uh, within the Chicano Nation, and I can see there's gonna be, uh, you know, events all over California and beyond, and I can see him attempting to um, show up at one of these events to speak to the people and attempt to corral them into, um, you know, democratic politics, and you know, and at the end of the day, he's just like um, any other um, Democrat. It doesn't matter. Um, you know um how brown his skin is um he's an aspiring imperialist um a supporter of the oppressor nation um a sympathizer of the oppressor nation and the chicano nation does not support julian castro do not vote for him uh do not um promote him and just understand and teach um that he is um you know, on the side of the oppressor nation and supports him fully, you know. And and so I wanted to make sure and um, mention Julian Castro because as we continue forward, um, I will be mentioning him a whole lot more. And, um, you know, and, you know, I talk a lot about these gladiator fights. A lot of people hear me within the concentration camps. There's gladiator fights going on. And one of the things is we've never heard somebody like Julian Castro address the gladiator fights. You know, this is affecting mostly the Chicano nation. Um, how is he going to um, attempt to, you know, um, sell himself uh to the to the community and yet not address um exactly what's going on to the community you know um taking pictures at um you know in the front of a, a concentration camp is not the same as um you know um using every microphone that comes in front of them um to address uh the oppression of the chicano nation and and he can step out of his office any time of the day and have one of these huge corporate media uh, reporters with the with the mic in his in in front of him. I mean, this is uh, this is he got it like that, and yet uh, we don't see that, and, and and it's because he doesn't care. You know, he'll come out conveniently when it's you know he wants the people's votes. But other than that, he does not care. He's you know he's completely um, detached from the oppression of the Chicano nation. Um, and he has, um, you know, um, he has fully attempted to, um, and some may argue that he has assimilated into the oppressor nation. But, you know, he's certainly attempting to do so with everything he has. And, um, but let me just, um, you know, I've also talked about, um, you know, I've talked about, 
this book, Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan. And um, and this is a very, very important book. Um, and, you know, I've, re I've read from it before. And, you know, I just wanted to um, read a little bit from this uh, from this book today. And it's very important. It was written by Chicano prisoners within the concentration camps. Um, and one was in uh, Pelican Bay Shoe uh, when it was written. And it's a very important book, revolutionary history book, political textbook, uh, study manual, um, training guide. All in one book reviews. It has critiques of um, organizations that claim to work in the interests of the Chicano Nation. It has everything. You know, um, the Chicano Nation. If 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 the Chicano Nation were actually religious, um, you know, we'd call it our Bible. But of course, you know, um, you know, we don't call it that. But you know, we would. So this is something that's very important to um, the people and. Um, and so what I wanted to do, um, I've read a lot from this book. I've read some of the chapters. Um, and I just wanted to share another short um, chapter, you know, on this, uh, on this book. And this one is, um, this, it's actually a review. Um, this is actually a review of a book. Um, and it's called... Um, we will rise and um and we will rise rebuilding the mexica nation and this is a i'm just going to read you um part of this because it's a very long review but i thought it was very interesting and we have brother uh you know g7s here um and and brother g7 is going to be bringing us some more revolutionary music so i just want to read a little bit from this book uh, we Will Rise, it's a book called We Will Rise, Rebuilding the Mexica Nation. So it goes on to say, You can almost hear the war drums beating as Curly Tlapoyawa charts the history of the Mexica Nawa from their pilgrimage out of Aslan through the southwest and into present-day Mexico. In his work, We Will Rise, Rebuilding the Mexica Nation, a well-written historical text with its pulse on agitation. Its main motivational concept is the philosophy of Mexicayot, la Mexicanidad, or everything which is Mexican, Mexican, which, according to the author, is a social, quote, a social movement which was born in Mexico as a means of providing us with the means for reclaiming our true history and heritage, provides us with taking back who we are as native people, unquote. Part and parcel to Mexicayot is armed struggle against the imperialist invaders of Aslan. This book is special because it grapples with the Chicanos to seek not only a cultural identity, but also a national identity outside of America. At a time when so many vendidos are stressing integration and assimilation into America, Tlapoyawa teaches us that there is nothing good or exceptional about the U.S. other than the fact that in the final analysis, Americans will go down in the history books as the scourge of humanity alongside the Nazis and the Zionist nation of Israel. We Will Rise stresses national liberation and self-determination for the Chicano people and not integration. 
Tlapoyawa seeks to organize and provide a united strategy for the Chicano nation to liberate itself from, quote, cultural imperialism, unquote, by convincing Chicanos to recognize their true identities as First Nation people. And insofar as he agitates within the cultural realm, Tlapoyawa deals a serious blow to the indoctrination programs of the United States, a.k.a., quote, public education, unquote. However, even as Tlapoyawa provides us with a lot of insight from the oppressed national's perspective, he also gets a few things twisted. The book's main shortcoming is also its most important contribution to the Chicano movement. While Tlapoyawa's main argument is that we are not Americans, but Chicano, he incorrectly asserts that Chicanos are really just Americanized Mexicans who have been brainwashed and kept in utter ignorance about our historical roots and connection, not only to Aslan and the broader Southwest, but Mexico too. Tlapoyawa incorrectly argues that the Chicano people have not undergo undergone any social historical development as a separate nation outside of Mexico and within U.S. borders. Even as Tlapoyawa rails against the Americans' whitewashing of history and all their criminal acts, he also doesn't undertake a materialist analysis of it. Tlapoyawa implores Chicanos to take up Mexicayot so that we may expel the settlers from our native lands, which is a very good thing and return to our traditional way of living by adapting pre-Columbian knowledge, philosophy, religion, and art to today's conditions. This in itself would not be so bad, as the very concept of communism is based to a certain degree on primitive communalism. On that same note, however, we can't dis discard the countless scientific advances made by humanity over the many mythological superstitious beliefs and practices contained within Mishikayot. The concept of Mishikayot and its proponents also fail in their insistence that Chicanos return to the Mexican way of life, from which we as a nation have long since departed. Though we are connected with Mexico through family, language, and other common characteristics, we are also to a large degree separated by different aspects in familial, linguistic, and cultural connections. We were not created by the same social and material forces which govern Mexican life, but by the imperialist venture of the annexation of the American, quote, Southwest, unquote. Our existence is therefore not defined by the reality of the border, but by the social and material forces that have influenced the way we have developed since before and after its imposition. As such, the doctrine of Mishakayot proves to be metaphysical for its reliance on ethnic genealogy, a determinant of our reality and struggle as a people while simultaneously ignoring the material forces that have given rise to the nation via the common links of language, territory, economic way of life, and a shared psychological makeup manifested in a common culture. Another mistake on 
Tlapoyawa's part is his reasoning as to why the ideology of Marxism isn't right for Chicanos, which comes more from a cursory and flawed understanding of the Marxist ideology as well as his personal experience with a member of the RCP USA. It's unfortunate that Tlapoyawa's one encounter with a, quote, communist, unquote, happened to be with somebody belonging to a first-worldist Eurocentric revisionist organization. One gets the feeling that had Tlapayawa gained a better understanding of Marxism, Leninism, Maoism, he might have taken the path of revolutionary nationalism instead of Mexicayot, which seems to be a special kind of cultural nationalism, which advocates eventual armed struggle. And so I'm going to stop there. Um, that was just a brief, um, you know, um, book review of We Will Rise, Rebuilding the Chicano, the Mexica, the Mexica Nation. And, you know, that's the thing with book reviews is, you know, there's a lot of people putting out books and, you know, you have to take a critical thought and um, you have to analyze what they're talking about because just because they throw around a world a word of decolonization and people seem to you know oh, th this is a good book no you have to dig into what are they saying what exactly are they saying um you know are they grounded in a material basis are they using a scientific method to understand their social reality and the development of their people or their nation you know how are they formulating these ideas is it just um uh, through their feelings is it um you know um um subjectivism you know how are they coming to these conclusions these are the questions that we had we have to ask when somebody throws out a book on you know ideology of attempting to get us to understand and view the world and, and our people in a certain way we have to see we have to dig like i said earlier dig deep we got to dig deep and so this is what we got to do and this is what this book review did the fact that you know some of the things tapayawa was talking about seemed good um however um when it comes to the chicano nation um you know he's not grounded in a scientific uh, method of of theory he's he's you know letting his personal feelings um, get into the um, picture when we can study the development of nations and we know what a nation the process a nation goes through in order a people go through in order to develop as a nation uh, the Chicano nation Aslan certainly has done that just as you know the Haitians have done that you know it's like going to Haiti and telling the Haitians you guys are not Haitians um, you guys are Kenyans and um, you guys have to, they're going to tell you, get the hell out of here. We're, ha we're Haitians. You know, we speak Creole. We speak uh, Haitian language. Get the hell out of here. They, you know, we're Haitians. They have developed into a nation, a distinct nation, um, regardless of where their ancestors migrated for, or were taken from. Um, they have now developed into a nation and the Chicano nation has done the same. It doesn't matter how we got here. It doesn't matter um, in which way we got here. 
um, the fact of the matter is we have developed into a nation. Just like Poriqua, the island of Poriqua, if we were to go to Poriqua and tell them, you guys are from uh, Uganda, you are not Puerto Rican, you know, you got, they're going to say, <laughs> you know, we might not make it off that island, put it that way, but they have developed into a nation, Poriqua, you know, um, and they are a nation. And so in that same token, uh, the Chicano nation is a nation. Um, and those who come and tell us we ain't, um, they might not make it out of Aslan. So that's the stance we take. We stand like the Haitians. We stand like the Poriqua. And uh, we are a nation. And that's that's how it is. But let me, um, I'm going to introduce Brother G7. Uh, Brother G7 just arrived and, and you know, he's um, here. He's going to share some revolutionary uh, music uh, with us. And Brother G7, welcome to Free Aslan. Blessings, blessings, brother. Blessings, Thanks. brother. Omateo and, um, and, and Tlasokamati for coming and sharing your medicine. Brother, brother G7 has that medicine, revolutionary medicine. Um, that is going to, um, you know, it's it's gonna light Aslan up. It's gonna electrify Aslan uh, through the rhythms and through the, the, you know, the words and the. I just love it. So, you know, Brother G Seven, absolutely, you know, spit some of that knowledge at us and let cultural us cultural healing, man. You know, ooh, we're cultural, cultural healing. Cultural healing. Ooh, you not know, sexual uh, healing, but <laughs> cultural healing. I love that. But See, yeah, this is so what I'm saying. I, I got I got quite a few songs that uh, I've been working on. You know, it's free outline to the uh, death of me. Mm. But, uh, you know, California, Texas, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, mm. liberating the Chicano nation, Chicano People's Republic, and what is now oppressed and occupied outline. Mm. Okay. You know, to gather my people, every culture, every color. Me and my amigos, my sisters, and all my brothers, my mother. Mm. I put no woman above her, staying on our toes, looking now for them undercovers. Mm. We're about to start a revolution. 2020 vision is real. Come see the movement. They got us in them institutions. Youngsters in YA, Camp Sweeney, and boot camps. Mm. About to start a revolution. A complete and radical change from one social system into another. The violent and complete struggle waged by the people to rid themselves of an oppressive system of government into more progressive and humane society. This includes not only the political structure, but the philosophy and ideology made of production and relations of production, as well as the social mentality and outlook of society. Mm. You know, so uh, we're back here, Free Ice Line, man. Yeah, I but, know. Uh, we were waiting for you. We said, man, Brother G7's coming, but we know, you know, the pig's been... You know, you've been suffering that harassment and, and all all of the above. So Them drones, man. You know them drones. Oh, oh my man. goodness. They got too many of them out there right now. <laughs> yeah. You know? We seen them last time we were out there, man. We seen it. It looked like a UFO on top For of us. Sure. It was For crazy. Sure. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad you made it. You know, every week's a struggle. Every <laughs> like week we, is a struggle, we, man. We always see you. We we joke. We're half joking and half serious, and we're like, "You got through another week, brother. You here, man. Man, man? I'm here, man. man it's, it it's a struggle hard. to stay free, man. I but know uh, it. you know, I know uh, it, we still here and Absolutely. we standing. You know what I mean? May the stars here. align in our favor. Uh. You know what I mean? And uh may the ancestors, you know, um, look down on us very, very. Uh, very good, brother, because um, we need all of what we can get in order to um, stay on these streets and, um, you know, stay 
um, out of the um, scope of the pig. You know, it's it's for sure. It's, it's very for sure. Once you get you know in their in their little um, you know in their little uh, crosshairs, yeah. it's you know it's very hard to shake them. So I'm glad that you shook them another week. You're here. And you know we're gonna hear some more, brother. For you, sure, for sure, I got some, some more, more yep. words, some medicine for yes. us, brother. Yes, I do. You know, in political philosophy, the right of revolution is the right and the duty of the people of a nation to overthrow a government that acts against their common interests and or threatens the safety of the people without cause. Call me an outlaw. I've been in and out the system since juvenile hall. They got us all marginalized and categorized horizontal crime. That's what got me colonized. Time to uprise. I'm going to start a demonstration decolonization. Free my people in them concentration cages. 2020 vision is for real. Come see the movement. 2020 revision. The revolution. All they see is the tree. So they overlook the rainforest. They can't knock us down for protecting what they came for. Can't ignore. We still in the same position. How long has it been and we still in the same condition? Don't Need no permission from no politician. Now is the time. Rise up. Just be careful for them landmines. Free us mm. line. I'm a soldier and a warrior. Like mm. Vietnam, you don't want to go to war with us. In political philosophy, the right of revolution is the right and the duty of the people of a nation to overthrow a government that acts against their common interests and or threatens the safety of the people without cause. Mm. You know. Mm. And that was deep because that had so much uh, information in them lyrics right there. And, and, that's why I like uh, G7 to be here. And, you know, uh, G7 is the, you know, he's the artist in residence of Free Aslan. He's here all the time and in, in feeding us this medicine and this uh, these uh, words of liberation and healing. These are this is healing to our people and healing to our nation, healing to Aslan. Because, um, you know, when we talk about transformation and healing, uh, we can't just heal in one, in one realm. We have to heal in all realms. We have to heal um, through, through words. We have to heal through music. We have to heal through, um, you know, radio, through um, film. We have to heal in all realms. And, and only when we... Uh, when we tackle all realms of struggle, um, then we're going to heal as a people um, because, um, you know, um, all of these realms are fronts. These are battlefields. So, you know, if we're talking about theater. That's a battlefield. You know, we're talking about artwork. That's a battlefield. We're talking about music. That's a battlefield. That's a front. So there's fronts. There's front lines everywhere. And we want, um, you know, our people to struggle on the front line in every realm, every aspect of society um, in order to move the people forward. It's going to take all of us, all cultural workers to, um, you know, um, to work together to push the people forward we have to mobilize the people learn from the people uh, while teaching the people uh push pull strive you know we got to push pull strive uh in our struggle and this is what we're doing this is why i love g7 to come bring us this revolutionary music and um brother g7 do you, you know let me just ask you um what brought you into what led you to begin to write you know because i'm sure that you started off just doing music in general just you know regular music about everyday things but what made you um begin to write revolutionary rap brother? you know i was born in the 80s man i, I come from the struggle in uh in the bay area we mm. 
we went through it a lot, you know, out here being deprived of, you know, mm. the finer things in life. You know, the oppressors, and they had a stronghold on us in, in the streets. We've been killing each other. We've been, mm. you know, welfare on welfare. Mm. You know, uh, it's hard for us to get Medi-Cal. And mm. they, they blessed us with some Obama phones, and we're supposed to jump for joy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, also. Yeah, I you got know, an Obama phone. Hey, yeah, yeah, man. Where's my Obama phone? And finally, we get some health care, <laughs> man. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and uh, so, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's time that we... Uh, you know, we we rise up, man, and yeah. and we are a hunted people, man. Mm, we are lying, a hunted brother. people you, on our own land. Lying. You on know what I mean? Own land, absolutely. Unity is it, it's mm. a time of oppression, man. We need to come together, man. And, and like I said, with the youngsters, we got the Million Children March coming too at uh, Lake mm. Merritt in Oakland. Oh, talk to us about that. What, what's that about? When so is it? That is uh on New Year's Day, January first, twenty twenty. Big, you know, big time for us to come together and. and Come make history for the future. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, the children are, are watching us. I keep saying that. Mm. It's a true story, man. It's, you know, it's mm. going down right now. And the neo-Nazis, the ones that are mm. underneath uh, this 45 guy, mm. you know, Trump. Yeah, man, he he's doing too much right now. He's uh, doing way he's too doing much. way too much. He, he's got the uh, neo-Nazis. They're trying to be more aggressive out here. Mm. So we just need to come together, man, and... Uh, those we can free our slime, man. That's Absolutely. for sure. And, and Lake Merritt, for those who don't know, that's in Oakland, right? Yes, yes, on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, Million January Children 1st. March. Million Children March. You'll be hearing more of that every mm. week. And so, yeah, so hopefully G7 is going to be there and... Um, Maybe you can, um, you know, you can broadcast live from there, and um, and, and, sure. and and you know, and we need to be there to support uh, this this event, this struggle. Million Children March, January first, Lake Merritt, Oakland, Califaslan, and um, and G Seven will be there, and and he'll be having. I'm sure you'll have your revolutionary music. And be doing your thing there, brother. For sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we look forward to that, brother. And is there anything else you want to mention? I know the struggle for Augie is once one that's for sure. near for sure. and yeah, we, We're still fighting for that. Look, the cops are still on duty. I mean, uh, mm. I don't want to really get too deep into it right now, but... Uh, it looks like they're trying to pay off the family. You know how the, the sweep it under the rug type do, thing. Brother. So, you know, uh. we're going to continue fighting, man, because yeah. uh, this is not going to happen. We're rising up, man. Mm. It's, it's time. It's, it's time, time, man. So brother. I'm in the streets, in the field. I'm really, mm. uh, you know, I'm really out there. But yes. uh, I got one more little little thing to say. Absolutely. We remain a hunted people. We belong here. They do not treat us equal or anywhere near. We remain a hunted people. We struggle sh to survive. We are not settlers. We are being colonized. Mm. Treated unjust, illegal immigration legislation. Every day, fight for freedom and liberation. Mm. We are a hunted people here on our homeland. Time we rise up and fight. Free us land. Mm. As one nation, revolution against racism. Affirmative action. Reconquista is to be taken. United Chicanos. It's just us against the law. United we stand and divided we fall. Mm. A corrupted entire government, inhumane. 45 administration, Swatska insane. Mm. Put the four next to the five, and you see the symbol. Darkness has never overcame the light that always kindles. Mm. Never dwindle. Don't give up. Rise up. Make history for the future. Come outside and see how a warrior salutes you. Mm. Oh, that was beautiful words, brother. And once again, I want to thank you, brother. We've run out of time, but I want to thank you for 
joining us on, on Free Aslam, bringing your medicine and healing the Chicano nation um, and all oppressed peoples who hear your, your words and your, your, your healing, your medicine that you bring us, brother. And thank you. And, and we look forward to uh, next week. We'll have you back and in, 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 in listen to more of your medicine, brother, and thank bring you, brother. us that revolutionary cultura because sure. that's what we need. We don't want cultura that promotes uh, millionaires and corporations. We want revolutionary cultura, uh, cultura that promotes national liberation of our people. That's and right. with that being said, brother, thank you, and um, we will see you next week on Free Aslam, brother. Omateo. Omateo, and this is KEXU 96.1 FM, Pole People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you were listening to Free Aslan. KEXU, Poor People's Revolutionary Radio on 96.1 FM LP on the dial in Oakland and streaming live online at www.poormagazine.org slash radio. Invasions. Lamentablemente, las condiciones que estamos viviendo en, han llegado a ser una miseria insoportable para la gente. Pero hay unos vende patrias ingreídos que todavía creen en una sociedad de antes donde los artistas fuimos bestias de trabajo para la industria. Ese es...